kids are going back to school today. They were starting to get on each other's nerves. I was explaining to them yesterday how about people, mommy and daddy, even friends, if you spend a lot of time together, mm. like you have for the last week, you can start to bother each other. <laughs> it's just the way it is. It's natural. That's Back right. to school. Yeah. Uh, so Nancy Pelosi was on Meet the Press yesterday, and, and, and she kept making the argument as... as uh, Chuck Todd was pressing her on when are we going to, you know, see the list of all the settlements for for various uh, suits over the last however many years that have been kept quiet and the, the harassers and all that sort of stuff, that topic. And Nancy Pelosi kept making the argument, well, a lot of these uh, victims or the the accusers, they don't want their names out there. So we have to. And she kept making that argument over and over. And that's mm. not what we're looking for in the public. I don't ever need to see the names of the accusers, do you? Really. No. Nobody's asking no. for that, but that was her dodge wow. for it all the time. Or I think that's, that's, that's what prejudicial think. language, there, Jack Dodge. Um, um, what we want is the name of the people in office that right. settled suits. We never need to know who the accusers were. We're joined now by Cheryl Stolberg of the New York Times, their Washington correspondent. Cheryl, welcome. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks for having me. Excellent. First, an observation. Perhaps you'd like to react to it. I have encountered no one. Uh, whether in the media or real life, uh, who says, oh, yeah, I, I knew this about Congress, that the allegations are kept secret and that the uh, taxpayers paid the settlements. Uh, everybody knows. I've, uh, was that the best kept secret in Washington? Uh, it it might have been. I I personally actually knew it, but that was only because I had done a story about this topic um, last year when President Trump was then candidate Trump was running for office. And I discovered that um, there was this basically this secret process for settling sexual harassment claims in Congress that Congress dictated for itself in 1995. But no, I think um, you're not alone in not being aware of that. So in 1995, they put this together? And why, why can't we nail down how this came to be? Who is in charge? Some of these people might still be in office who, 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 who put this all together. Well, some of them might. Well, so I'll tell you a little bit of the history. In 1995, um, Congress was reacting to some scandals that had um, that had been happening on Capitol Hill, including one involving um, Bob Packwood, then a senator from Oregon, who was uh, in a, involved in a sexual harassment uh, allegation back then. So in 1995, they created this office called the Office of Compliance, and it set up rules by which Congress would handle sexual harassment claims. And under this law, the law is called the Congressional Accountability Act, all the claims are handled secretly. Um, if you're complaining, you must first go to mediation. Everything has to be kept confidential. And then, as I understand it, lawyers for the House and Senate have basically argued that the settlements also have to be confidential. Um, so I suppose we could go back to uh, the legislative history and see who passed that law. No one's done that yet that I know of. Well, but they may be still serving. You may be right. Well, I just hear a number of uh, people in office currently, Republicans and Democrats, saying, I had no idea this was going on. Well, uh, do you have some interest in how it came to be? Mm. Uh, Cheryl, so um, I just found out today, if I understand this correctly, that uh, if the if the uh, complainant uh, reached a settlement, that the allegations would not go to the ethics committee. Is that correct? As far um, as you know, as as far as I know, uh, the, these settlements it's like a different it's a different track, and okay. um, uh, you know the ethics committee is one track that uh, 
uh, and, and we're seeing some cases go to the Ethics Committee now. This case of John Conyers is going to go to the Ethics Committee. Um, he's the House, uh, the top Democrat on the House Judiciary Committee, and he has reached a settlement. And now that his settlement has become public, there have been calls to send him before the Judiciary Committee. So previously, uh, no one knew about the settlement because it was secret. So how would you know to send it to the, the uh, Ethics Committee? Interesting. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm speculating, but I'm a talk show host. That's what I do. It would seem to me that if some woman were to come to me, Joe Getty, and, and, and say, you know, I'm tired of the way you've uh, A, B, and C, and it was really nasty, egregious stuff that I had absolutely no interest in, in defending myself against because I knew I was guilty, I would settle. And it would never go in front of the ethics committee. If some, if there's some sort of false allegation, I'd scream to the high heavens. I didn't do this. Bring it to the ethics committee. Let's get this on. So it seems to me it would be the most very, the the most serious allegations that would not see the light of day. Well, it, it would seem to you, and that that seems to be how it's happened. I, I think that's why we're seeing these calls in Congress on both the right and the left to open this thing up. Let's find out. Who paid settlements? Let's find out how much money has been paid out. Let's not forget this money is coming out of the U.S. Treasury, out of taxpayer funds. So there's also a big push here in Washington to require that if a lawmaker reaches one of these settlements and they have to pay out, that it come out of their office accounts not out, and their their own budgets, not out of taxpayer dollars. Obviously. I, yeah. mean, I mean, the political pressure for that to happen is so uh, strong. That clearly is going to come about at some point. Yeah. It, it's just It's just a matter of when, don't you think? I do, but it's kind of it's kind of tricky though, um, because you were talking before about um, the victims and you know concerns about making the victims public, and um, that that is a concern. The concern is that if you make these settlements public, that people can actually figure out who the complainants have been. Not that you would automatically issue a list of names that these women complained, but that by process of elimination you could figure it out. And I've actually talked to some lawyers who handle sexual harassment cases who are, in fact, concerned about this. So it might not be as easy as simply uh, publishing a list if you really are interested in protecting the privacy of the victims. Somebody's going to leak it, and that might be dirty pool, but all kinds of stuff gets leaked in the modern era. Somebody already has leaked it. Um, With respect to John Conyers, the top Democrat uh, on the House Judiciary Committee, um, and that's, in a way, why we're having this so conversation that, so, so the most powerful person on the Judiciary Committee, which is a big deal, is is giving that up over a leak. There, so there's going to be more to come, I assume. Yeah, you make a really interesting point, though. I'm picturing, you know, in this age of vicious Internet trolls and doxing people and bitter partisanship, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, yeah, boy, I could see the victims really coming in for some, some awful treatment. Yeah, and... You know, they're rightfully concerned because um, it's very, very difficult to, you know, just emotionally difficult, especially when you're working for a member of Congress. It's not like working for a company and complaining about sexual harassment. When you work for a company, you complain about sexual harassment. Let's say the, the perpetrator gets fired. The company goes on, right? But when you're in a political operation where the whole operation kind of swings around the person at the top, everybody's job is in jeopardy when somebody complains because 
that person who's in charge is an elected official right. put yeah. there by the public. Boy, that's so a good point. If they go down, if they're... You're all if, out of work. If, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. a very good point. That doesn't happen in any other circumstance. It, it doesn't. And so it makes it especially difficult um, in a political situation. And the other thing is that, um, you, you know, politics is a profession that attracts a lot of young people. And we know that young people are the most vulnerable, and we also know that they're among the most afraid to report because they're just starting out their careers, and they don't want anything to jeopardize their future. So um, I think there are some particular um, particularities about working in Congress and these sexual harassment allegations that just don't exist out there in the rest of society. Cheryl Stolberg, New York Times-Washington correspondent, making our jobs very difficult by bringing up all these excellent points because shouting over simplified solutions, again, is really kind of what talk radio is all about. So we don't appreciate the, uh, you know, the confusion, Cheryl. Some have called for completely disbanding Congress, both parties, <laughs> and starting over again. <laughs> I think I think we might need a constitutional amendment for that. Even what you just said about the victims, and that all makes perfectly good sense to me. We can't pretend that uh, Nancy Pelosi and Paul Ryan don't have real concerns that some of their heavy hitter members are on that list, and they're gonna they're they're gonna lose their jobs or their seats over this if it comes out. That's got to play oh, a role. Absolutely, they are concerned, and you know they ought to be because we're in a climate now where women. Uh, and and men, let's not forget that some men are harassed as well, harassment victims, are increasingly emboldened. And we're seeing, you know, people, victims come forward in every industry from Hollywood to, you know, business to my own industry, the media industry. We saw what happened with Charlie Rose and now in, in politics. So I think um, if you're not concerned, you're not paying attention. Do you anticipate a lot of names being leaked in uh, short order? I don't. I don't know. Uh, you know, we hear things, and we're we're trying to report out leads and tips that we get. Um, so, you know, I don't know the answer to that question. But I would. Let's just say I wouldn't be surprised. Cheryl Stolberg, New York Times Washington correspondent. Cheryl, we sure appreciate the time. A terrific job. Great to talk to you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. She was really good, and she mm. made some good points, but I mm. don't believe Nancy Pelosi's primary concern yesterday on the Meet the Press was coming from the angle of, I'm worried the victims will be exposed, oh, no. as opposed to, I got 10 more chairs that might lose their jobs if this list comes out. And yeah. same on Paul Ryan's side. Yeah, I'm pretty confident Nancy Pelosi would throw all of the victims into that uh, volcano in Bali if it would help her hold on to power in the party, please. I'm, really? It, it, yes, really. It's very difficult for me to assign anything but awful motives to the woman. Bringing down the chair of the Judiciary Committee, that's a big deal. Especially if the Democrats get uh, take back the House, and then they're having all these investigations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is a big deal. Although John Conyers has been, like, spent since uh, since George W. Bush was in the White House. So not longer. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It is a big deal. The list but. is going to come out. Let's just, why don't, why don't we just, you know, why doesn't everybody just say it? somebody's going to leak it at some point, so we might as well just put it out. Yeah. yeah. Whether it's right or wrong, it's coming out. Everything. I mean, all kinds of bigger national secrets come out. That's coming yeah, out. Yeah, no kidding. Who's the Edward Snowden of breast groping? Or in some cases, full on rape. 
Maybe. You think there are Congress rapists? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Wow. Yeah, I'll bet there are settlements to that kind. Wow. That's a dark theory. I think statistically been li- be unlikely that I'm wrong. Oh, my God. Good Morning America's going huge with the royal wedding. And the Today Show led with it. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. This year's Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade featured 17 balloons. It was going to be 18, but then Olaf was hit with sexual harassment allegations. We watched quite a bit of the parade this year, Mm. and uh, kids really enjoyed it. They have bounced back somewhat. They must have got a lot of negative reviews, because I remember several years ago trying to watch it, and you saw almost no parade. It was just introducing, and here are the stars of the new hit on NBC Tuesday nights at 7, bloody blah and blah Yeah, I remember you saying that. And they'd interview him about the show, and the parade was in the background, and it's just, it couldn't have sucked more. Wow. Now it's, it is just bands float, bands float, bands float, and they describe who they are, and you watch them for a while. Nice. And my kids really enjoyed it, so the the parade was back as a a family tradition. Mm-hmm. It was good stuff. Yeah, I tried to watch. I didn't like it. A lot of the new uh, balloons, cartoon characters. I don't know these cartoon characters. Whatever happened to Andy Cap and, <laughs> and <laughs> Steamboat Willie? Where's Little Orphan Annie? There's no Little Orphan Annie. Yeah, there were some Pokemon and uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm in the lunchroom getting my uh, caffeine juice at the uh, the top of the hour and uh, and NBC uh, start, kicks off. You know, the, the right at seven o'clock and is trumpeting their their wall-to-wall coverage of the royal engagement. As is Good Morning America with George Stephanopoulos. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle engaged! Oh, headline, boy. it's right at the top of the hour. Have you seen the ring? The ring is amazing. Uh, it's just, it's, it's the, the ceremonial-only monarchs of an ally, the engagement of the lesser member of the... Who, why is it? Why is this? Is it the whole princess thing? For women, I get the every sense... woman is is a little girl grown up, and they all want to be a princess. Is that it? I get the sense that we pay more attention to it than the Brits do, which is weird. I, I did, when I was a kid, I didn't want to be a prince; I wanted to be a hockey player. <laughs> but so they just came out. That's what everybody is waiting for. They walked out of that big giant house that uh, that they live in. He's in a suit. She's in a dress. You get up in the morning, put on your suit to go meet reporters because that's your job. And they all—they both put their hands out to show their their rings, and then everybody snapped pictures. And it's uh, it's pretty odd. It's the, it's their Kardashians, right? So uh, the Brits kind of invented their Kardashians. They used the royal family to just to follow their lifestyle. Yeah, the rich and famous. Yeah. Meanwhile, they run around uh, supporting various charities and doing good work. And Harry is a good man. I will not uh, stand around to hear Harry abused as he was a fighting man. He's, he flew helicopters in Afghanistan, right? That's fantastic. The yeah. idea that he's a prince is stupid. Well, <laughs> he's a prince of a man, but uh, as an actual prince, yeah, that's ridiculous. It is uh, the vestige of a a day gone by in which moronic ideas governed mankind. Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, it's just the complete credulous taking it so seriously, going wall to wall, GMA is still on it. Look at him. Look at him. Hello. 
Oh, speaking of which, when are we going to talk to Nigel Rotund? Do we want to do that this hour or next hour? You're in um, more direct conversation with Nigel than I am. Yes. When would he like to call in? How about right at <laughs> right, uh, 8.15 or so? Okay, 8.15. Long-time friend of Armstrong and Getty, Nigel Rotund. Our, <laughs> our, uh, <laughs> now, there's no reason, Michael, to take personal shots at the man. He he really enjoys his, his food. Uh, he hasn't been on the show in how long? Years. Quite a while. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of TV shows, starting Thursdays at 10, although I don't know what channel it is, I should look that up, a new show called The Sex Robots are coming. <laughs> and uh, Oh, no. This can't be good, no matter what it is. I watched the trailer. It's pretty interesting. Um, and, and we've talked some about this, these incredibly lifelike sex doll robot things. They've yes. actually taken the, the sex doll, which has been around for quite a while, disturbingly uh, realistic looking. Right. And, and uh, feeling, from what I'm told. And, and then these weirdo Bye, dudes. Jack. And these weirdo dudes who, who have them and treat them like actual romantic interests. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, now they've, they've combined the unbelievable robot or AI, artificial intelligence computer stuff. With these sex dolls, and so this TV show is about how the sex robots are coming, and uh, the trailer features this 58-year-old guy. He, he's married. He and his wife have been married for 36 years, but he's got one of these sex dolls that he's in a relationship with and uh, and, uh, and, and, and copulates with uh, several times per week, and his wife is aware of that, and she's okay with it. And uh, there's pictures of them sitting on the couch talking. Oh, him boy. and his sex well, doll. Well, they're not both talking. Well, she talks because it's Does a, she? it's the yeah. That's oh, the whole she, thing. Wow. She's got the AI. She's got the oh. facial movement that looks oh, fairly boy. realistic, and oh, she boy. talks and says the name. Here's a picture of him on the couch talking. Well, she's built like a pornography star. Yeah, it's it's pretty weird. I, I might actually watch this show once. I'm thinking yeah. one episode would be all you need. Yeah. But um, I've seen a documentary or two, Lars and the Real Girl. That was about that. Wasn't oh, yeah, that, but or, we're, we're way... Or she imaginary? I can't remember. And that was, what, five years ago? We're so far better than that. Better at putting up sex dolls <laughs> with, the, uh, with the, you know, the ability for them to speak and have facial expressions that are pretty realistic. This is going to take off and become a thing. I don't know what percentage of weirdo men it is going to fulfill their needs, but it'll be... I'm guessing three to five percent of men are just going to be in relationships with sex dolls, if not more. Why the uh, harsh judgment? Because it makes you a weirdo. Well, no, but it, 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 so they don't fit in. They have a hard time uh, finding a gal. So now they have. And, and by the way, I hate to criticize, but all this sex robot, sex—it's it's a sex bot. Can we? Can we please? I mean, in this age of annoyingly combining terms all the time, this clearly calls for that. So the sex bots fulfill these guys' needs. Right? They're happier. What's that? Why is it skin off your nose? Why the judgment? Well, that is part of the argument in the show. Can I get one that's just like waist up uh, to uh, to ride in my car with me so I can ride in the diamond lane? Because it's got to be able to move and like move its mouth and stuff. Because if you have so a you, mannequin, you're you, going to get ticketed. You just want to be able to drive in the carpool lane. I, I would like to scoff at the law. <laughs> <laughs> that's my goal. That's what you yeah. want to do. Yeah, I'll. Uh, we gotta at least catch that show or grab some sound from it on Thursday when it airs. You want to hear the the trailer for it? It's like forty seconds. Ah, uh, sure. Why not? You know, I have I have a like a wife mannequin in the front, then a little kid mannequin in the back, <laughs> so I could you know because you know some places you gotta have three people in the car. Right. The Bay Area, for instance. You quiet down back there. I will turn this car around. Right, I do that. But then I'd also have the kids smoking. Back there. <laughs> 
So as people pass by my car, you know, and did rush hour traffic, they'd be like, oh, oh my God, what's the matter with you? <laughs> so this is from the actual show. Yeah, Sean? this is from the actual show. This appears to be a British show. I don't know if it'll make Hello. it to you on American airwaves, but the internet, you can find anything. Sure. It's the dawn of a new age in robotics, and the digital just got physical. It's not a dream anymore. It's a functioning robot. If this is making this guy happy, who am I to judge? They're modeled on pornographic representations of women. It's encouraging misogyny. It's kind of scary cool. You know, we want the seduction to happen, to create that bond between human and machine. You're like talking to a real girl. Interesting comparison. <laughs> the sex robots are coming. Part of the rise of the robot season. Yeah, that last giggling guy was the 58-year-old who has the uh, the girl robot that he and his wife are comfortable with for some reason. Mm. Yeah, weirdos. It's for weirdos, but... Uh, that's happening. I'm just telling you, it's it's going to happen. Well, it's already happening, but it's going to become a fairly regular thing, I think. Boy, some of these sex bots are disturbing. Yeah, I'd say. And they're, and think how much better they're going to be 10 years from now in terms of lifelike. i got to believe every other species on Earth is running around saying to each other, look, this could be it. Humankind is going to kill itself off. Right. Look how weird they've gotten. <laughs> really? What's coming up in your news, Park Visitor Marshall Phillips? Al Trump is back in D.C. launching a Monday Twitter storm. We'll have today's targets. New concerns about those popular home DNA test kits and David Cassidy's cautionary final words. Coming up minutes yeah. from now, Armstrong and Getty. I read that. That is something. Keith Partridge with a little wisdom on his deathbed. Yep. Wow. Heavy. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Michael Flynn's story that broke over the, uh, the four-day weekend. Got to talk about that at some point. Well, I know a lot of people were making a big deal of it. The two biggest newspapers did stories on how um, Jared Kushner's on the outs yep. there in the White House. Yep. It's pretty interesting how large his role was in the early days of the Trump administration. Like, do whatever he wanted to large. Right. Yeah. He was kind of the chief operating officer in a lot of ways. Uh, Solve we'll everything. Let's get the news now with Park Visitor Marshall Phillips. Well, President Trump is back to work in D.C. with a lot to do, but first, time out for Twitter. The president firing off a string of tweets aimed at the networks this morning. Quote, we should have a contest as to which of the networks plus CNN and not including Fox is the most dishonest, corrupt, and or distorted in its political coverage of your favorite president, me. They are all bad. Winner to receive the fake news trophy. That was all in caps. Fake oh, news was trophy. There, is there a particular story that set him off on that? And they're saying it's not entirely clear what set off the latest Twitter ta- attacks. Taking shots at the internet on Cyber Monday. Indeed. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, this sweater just popped up on my screen. I was trying to read the National Review and... It appears to be a sweater with a scarf built in. Awesome! Oh, and it's got nice. like buttons. You button the scarf closed and the leather faux belt. It looks like something, something you know, a rock yeah. star would wear. Very bold. Not sure it's, I'm, it's maybe too bold. I don't know. You like the sound of that, Michael? Yeah, buy it. Gotta have it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I tell what a you time what. saver. <laughs> Hang on a second. Yeah. What do you, let's see, what, what would you guess this thing will run me? Well, 49 95 
No. I assumed it'd be hundreds of dollars. I was going to say like 80-something. It appears to be $22.46. What a Regularly deal. $190.27. Sure it is. What a deal. Wow, that's a good-looking... built-in. Right, you don't have to pay extra. Speaking of old, the president also tweeted back in D.C. Big week for tax cuts and many other things of great importance to our country. Senate Republicans will hopefully come through for all of us. The tax cut bill is getting better and better all the time. The end result will be great for all. I've completely lost interest. Exclamation point. I'm watered down half measures. Well, I'm on the list of people whose uh, taxes are going to go up if this passes, so... You know, I don't Got know how, the blue state blues. I don't know how thrilled I am about that. But the Wall Street Journal did have a piece from their editorial board yesterday, how tax reform will lift the economy. We believe the Republican bills could boost GDP 3 to 4% long term. Woo-hoo! Which, if that happened, would be good for everybody. Yeah. Not on your taxes, maybe. I don't know. Depends on your situation. But, you know, the growth of the, the, the country overall would be fantastic. Senator Chuck Schumer is worried. He's saying that popular home DNA test kits are a risk to consumers' privacy. So during a news conference over the weekend, Schumer said DNA testing companies often sell genetic data to a third party without informing the consumer. So he's calling on the FTC to investigate the industry and ensure that the privacy policies really protect consumers. Yeah, that's uh, probably something to keep an eye on. Um, if they if they as they get uh, better technology, so you send off a little swab of spit or whatever, and they know your family has the gene for whatever disease, and then that gets sold to insurance companies or corporations or that could be that yeah. would be insidious. My understanding is you're not identified in the data that they send out, but I don't know. And by the way, it's a test tube full of spit. Yeah. Oh, if only yeah. it were just a single swab. <laughs> so you're saying they send this, they sell this information. So given my incredibly high, uh, you know, amount of Neanderthal DNA, yeah. oh, I might yeah. start getting peppered with ads for clubs and like <laughs> I don't know rocks, right. sort of forehead lessener, <laughs> right. right? Exactly. Special hats fitted right. for people with gigantic heads. Right, right, right. I can't believe I haven't done this yet. Did, did you find out anything else interesting other than that? Oh yeah, I loved it. Yeah. It was worth every dime. I'm doing it this year. Yeah, I mean, just our family origin, so, just uh, just where we're from and how long ago, and the and like patterns of migration, and it just. I found out I'm a. I got a hell of a lot of Neanderthal in me, and yeah. B. I am so white. I am so incredibly white. I mean, our people didn't. We hardly even looked. Ventured into Spain. We were so Northern European. Mm. But does it go into genetic disposition or any diseases oh, or yeah. anything? Oh, it does. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, it's it's uh, tendencies. Okay. Obviously okay. not. Hey, you're gonna die at age you know 62 right. of something or other. Right. But. You'll see. <laughs> That's right. That's what a Neanderthal would sound like. And lastly, David Cassidy's daughter sharing her fi- father's final words before he died on Tuesday. He was 67 when he passed. Katie Cassidy's Twitter message said, My father's last words were, so much wasted time. Katie also oh, tweeted boy. this. That's pretty good. Oh, Marshall, you got to give us a second. That's devastating. That's pretty good. As a guy who had a real serious drinking problem. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so much wasted time. Katie also tweeted, this is a daily reminder for me to share my gratitude with those I love as to never waste another minute. So much wasted time. I don't know if that's realistic. Not waste a minute. Every once in a while you want to just... Don't don't criticize the woman in her time of mourning. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. Well, I think resting and reflecting and 
uh, you know, spacing out is fine. It's healthy. Yeah, that's something, huh? That's heavy. That's pretty heavy for a Monday that's morning back really to work. really heavy. Whoa. So much wasted time. So if you're, like, drunk, sitting on the couch watching a football game yesterday, really hits you hard, huh? Huh? What are you looking at me for? Too Look much, at somebody else. Too much effing perspective. <laughs> Speaking of the F word, what John McCain said about Hillary Clinton in Esquire magazine, among other things. Yeah, stories uh, we won't be covering with Positive Sean coming up. Cool. All on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Several texts that a lot of those uh, ancestry kits are fifty percent off or more today for Cyber Monday. So if you want to oh, yeah. spit in the tube and find out if you're uh, got any black in you or not, oh, you can. Uh, that was delicately put. <laughs> of course, everybody's looking for that because it's you know it's exciting to find out. Yeah, I've got a little minority in me, or American Indian, or. Or, you know, whatever, something so, exotic. So those things are on sale. What else is on sale? We've got uh, somebody put together a compilation of, the, the like, your biggest categories where you get the best deal. Cyber, Black Friday, Closer to Christmas, on, on your computer, on the TV, whatever. Oh, I see. We'll when hit, to make your move. We'll hit, that to, uh, hit you with that at about 8.04, maybe. I don't know. Or not. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Sometime. Black Friday, now Cyber Monday, tomorrow's Giving Tuesday, then, of course, it's uh, Complaint Wednesday, then it's uh, Fishing Scam Thursday, then <laughs> Troll Friday. Yeah. Why is it? Why is every day got to have a name? Yeah, I don't know. It's already got a name. It's Monday, huh? Right. Now it's time for stories we won't be covering with Positive Sean. What are our headlines today, Sean? Well, we had a Black Friday record breaker. That's right. On Black Friday this year, the FBI said it had 203,000 requests for background checks to purchase firearms. This smashed the previous single-day record of 185,000, which was set on Black Friday last year. Let's go shoot something Friday. Interesting. Now, uh, this is the, the exact number of guns actually not known, but it is uh, background checks are considered to be the best available proxy for gun purchases since overall sales numbers are not made public. Were guns uh, marked down for Black Friday, or is it just because you got the day off, or you're so mad at your in-laws after oh, the meal? Oh, oh, Lord. Oh, don't go there. Yeah, it's got to be you got the day off, and it's, uh, here's what I really want for Christmas. And since there's waiting involved, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, there you go. people buy them. From the world of sport, why are you wearing jewelry on a football field anyway? Into the pile he goes, trying to dig his way. Wolf among them a couple down there, and Pecco with his hands right around his ankles. Oh, we have a fight on the other side. Yes! Look at this. After Crabtree, helmets being thrown. Tlaib grabbed it off. Referee is down, and look at holding on to his ribs. Now, this Oof. is a fight between Michael Crabtree of the Oakland Raiders and Akib Talib is uh, the gentleman's name. Now, this is not the first time they have scuffled. They first ran uh, afoul of each other last season when defensive back Akib Talib yanked Michael Crabtree's necklace off during a play and was seen on the sideline bragging about it, kind of holding it up. And so they had wow. some beef going back to this. <laughs> that is a fighting maneuver right there. You're on the sideline. I got your necklace. <laughs> now, Talib apparently tried to snatch the ne- necklace again this past Sunday. Wow. Crabtree, having recognized this playbook being run against him before, kind of cut it off, dr- uh, drove him into the sideline, knocked over a cameraman, and the fight commenced. Wow, they do got to have the cops run on the field and arrest the guy for attempted robbery. Jewelry thief. Now, I don't care how much you love a business, don't name your baby after it. I tell you the tale of Jordan and Justin Garton. 
Now, they met uh, quite some time ago, about three, four years ago, and during early in their relationship, they they were on some tough times. They happened to stumble into one of those all-you-can-eat passes from Olive Garden. Yes, mm. they saved a lot of money by going there, eating, saving the next days uh, for lunch, leftovers, things like that. Now, the, the couple are expecting a child. The, the, the woman, Jordan, she is of Italian descent. They were throwing around some names, maybe Olivia, maybe Olive. The first time they said out loud, Olive Garten. They kind of got a chuckle. Oh, wow. So now they okay. are going with Olivia Garten as their name of their new child. Take that kid wow. away. I'll raise it. Wow. To her, obviously. Uh, her. Olive Garten. I'll raise her. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> now, what would the young lovers order at Olive Garden, you might ask? Well, Justin <laughs> no, would I have didn't. the braised. No, you didn't ask? Okay. No. What'd they order? <laughs> he had the braised beef and tortellini with chicken uh, soup, while Jordan preferred ravioli di portobello. There I do you. enjoy a nice braised beef. There you go. Fantastic. Olive Garten. That's just, please, seriously, send her over to me. How old's the kid now? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Thank Man. you for that, Sean. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, thank goodness that we won't be covering those stories. So I should have timed how long Good Morning America has spent <laughs> on Prince Harry and Meghan Markle being engaged. Because yeah. they're at least 20 minutes, 30 minutes in. God, that's amazing. Yeah. The House Frows of America, seriously. That's what you do out. Nothing else, that's just... I don't, well, I don't get it, but I don't get it. There they are kissing. You don't get it, but you don't get it. Yeah, I just, I don't get it. (laughs) I I can't imagine what's going on there. At this late date in humankind, you're not interested in the Rohingya being murdered and prosecuted there in Myanmar or the ISIS or, yeah, I guess, I don't know. How about the leadership struggle in Germany? You like leaders of things? You like the royals? How about the chancellor? You want to hear about Angela Merkel and her studies and what brought them on? No? You know, you're kind of driving me back to the royal family <laughs> with those examples. <laughs> really? Damn it. So uh, I did a little independent research on the uh, sex robots we were talking about. Did you know? A little earlier. <laughs> yeah, me too. And, and this it just strikes me as odd. I'm guessing, what percentage, I'll let you fill in this blank, what percentage of fellas who are uh, uh, shopping for sex bots have a normal and healthy sex life or could if they wanted to? Close to zero. Right. It's, it's vanishingly small, as they say yeah. in the, uh, you know, the talking fancy business. So it, it, it strikes me as somewhat odd that these sex bots are like the most astonishingly glamorous, curvy, sexy, made-up human women on Earth, like plus 10%. Why is that? I mean, it's almost beyond ridiculous. So you want them to be a six or Well, what? no, I was just, I would think a reasonably attractive, you know, like a pretty girl. So in case of maybe An that's... An attractive woman. Maybe that's your where you're going to make your fortune in making average-looking sex robots. <laughs> no, I just... I don't really... No, that's not my... <laughs> no, well, there's a hell of a lot of ground between quote-unquote average-looking and, and average-looking women are, are beautiful and, and deserve a, a healthy and, and fabulous uh, romantic and sex life. But something that is cartoonishly pornographic. I don't... I, why? So you're going to see... How much is like a good-looking gal? Do they have a the girl next door line? So you're going to see some uh, <laughs> some weirdo, in my opinion, with his sex robot date, and they're sitting there at the movie theater, and you're going to think, she's not in his league. 
<laughs> he's, he's fighting above his weight with yeah, that sex robot. There is no way they stay together. He must have a lot of money. <laughs> well, she's like 40, 24, 36 with lips so big and pouty, it looks like she's having anaphylactic shock from a bee sting. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's I don't weird. Know. It, it's weird. It's ridiculous. Some of the highlights of the Cyber Monday thing we can hit you with. Also, I do want to mention what John McCain said about Hillary Clinton's kind of funny. In There's Esquire. a bizarre situation going on at that Consumer Protection Bureau uh, thingamajiggy. The gal who was in charge is suing the president, saying he can't appoint the new person in charge. And Nigel Rotund, live from London. Oh, awesome. Reporting on the, on the Royal Wedding. Yeah. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.